What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Yeah, fired up for today's show. The NFC slate is very interesting. Much more interesting interesting than the bleepy AFC slate that we talked about. You said poopy, right? I said the poopy AFC slate. Yesterday's show, those games stunk. I mean, we we made a great show out of it. Don't get me wrong. Well, you know, Heath and Jamie did. But today's the fact gonna that be you much got better. Heath on Game of the Week was impressive. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of he fun. Was, he was he was very uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I knew he would be sort of unaffected by it. Yeah, right, that, that gag? I don't get it. Yeah, he's oh, that's what you do. <laughs> no, that's, that's what he said yesterday. <laughs> oh, he said that to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the gag, Heath. Um. Anyway, uh, we got to talk about Jacksonville and the Jets, nineteen to three, a big fantasy stinker for everyone, but. Evan Ingram, and I guess Trevor Lawrence was okay with 18 fantasy points, but not what you were hoping for. Uh, And then, of course, we got seven games to preview, including the Eagles and Cowboys. That's obviously a big one. Giants and Vikings is a pretty big game. Detroit at Carolina, that's a huge game. Uh, Washington and San Francisco, they're all pretty big. Tampa Bay at Arizona, Denver at the Rams, not big, and Buffalo at Chicago. Uh, All right. Well, guys, 1913 Jacksonville. Jamie, you know, I did see a, a couple comments like, hey, you know, the, the uh, Bills game last week, the Jaguars game this week. Should we stop freaking out about the weather? What's your take on that? I mean, we say it all the time, you know, make sure you check right before kickoff and, you know, see what the forecast is. And if you follow Kevin Roth, who does a great job and, you know, you had him on the show, you know, he was saying the heavy stuff is going to come in a little bit later in the game. And so the first quarter, everything was was for the most part fine. And there was some rain, some heavy rain. And then it seemed like, you know, the start of third quarter kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, I th- You know, I think if you watch the game closely, you'll see, you know, Doug Peterson seemed like he planned for it. A lot of short passes. Uh, Trevor Lawrence on design runs. Uh, they were committed to Travis Etienne. I think he probably even got a little bit more skittish after the, st- the sack fumble. 
on, on Trevor Lawrence, you know, to be even more conservative, especially when you saw what the other offense was doing. So, you know, they, they didn't really have to do much to win that game. And so I'm sure all those things factored into how Trevor Lawrence performed. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. If you started Trevor Lawrence, you got 18, should have been 20 if he doesn't fumble. Uh, you should feel pretty good about it because of what the, the weather concerns were going in. Evan Ingram was a star. He's clearly become the, the focal point of the offense. You know, the fact that they game plan for him is, is exciting. And it's now, you know, a month of just amazing performances. I'm sure probably giving him an opportunity. That's the most yards he's ever had in that stadium, you know, which is, uh, which is pretty telling that he played there for how many years. Um, so, you know, I, I think if you just look at it, okay, this is what it was. If you survive with any Jaguars, start them all again in week 17 against the Texans. Cause I think Kirk will bounce back. I think Zay Jones should bounce back. Uh, Ingram must start Lawrence. I think will be a must start guy. I don't care what the, the numbers say about their, their stats against quarterbacks. So I'm perfectly fine with the Jaguars today, man. And Travis Etienne, uh, got to exactly a thousand yards on the season, which is cool. And Dave, on the other side of the ball, the jets, I mean, Chris Strevener comes in the game. Traveler, Traveler, my bad. Uh, comes in the game for Zach Wilson and scores more points than Zach Wilson. And they both had 90 to 92 yards on 15 to 18 attempts. It was, it was obviously ugly. Uh, do you need to see Mike White to have confidence? Because you know what? Look, let's be I think the weather, you know, Jamie said, I think the weather did play a factor in this game. There were drops. Travis Etienne was like he was begging to fumble the football at a few times. Um, you know, the wind, you could tell on the on the field goals was pretty fierce. And, uh, yeah, just very, very little downfield passing in this game, especially from Trevor Lawrence. Um, so do you throw this game out and go back to your Jets, or does it have to be Mike White next week uh, at Seattle? Yes, let's blame the weather for all of the Jets' struggles. It has nothing to do with their quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> well, but but to be fair, I mean, they had a You can be a as fair as you want to. That kid looked lost. I know, he Trevler always does. isn't good. He always looks lost, Dave, but he's not this bad. He's not 92 yards bad, you know? Yeah, he is. He's terrible. Well, okay. Um, but- scared to get hit. Didn't leave his first read very often. Missed open targets. Uh, was off target on throws. He was he was brutal. And they can't go back to him. It, they were smart to go in a different direction. I wish they had done it earlier in the game. Maybe they would have had a chance to score more than three points, which was basically a gift to them because of their defense. Yeah, you got to see Mike White. And if you see Mike White then you can feel pretty good about starting Garrett Wilson. I think that's probably going to be the only guy that you'll feel good about starting because Zonovan Knight was in a three-way heat for work in the run game. Offensive line wasn't very good either. Uh, There's nothing there with Elijah Moore. There's nothing there with Corey Davis. You can't feel good about starting those guys. There isn't a tight end. Uh, It's a mess right now, and it's an offense that needs a a full retooling starting at quarterback this offseason. Uh, uh, I got I got from a pretty reliable source that Mike White's probably going to play next week. Okay, good. Thank good. I think he's going to be there. Make them watchable. Geno Smith is going to be an interesting call next week against the Jets because it looks like I don't know. Agree or disagree? If there's if there are two teams where you just you lean sit, you have to convince yourself to start anyone. It's the Niners and the Jets. I think if if Geno comes out of this game with another big performance, which he certainly could against the Chiefs. And Tyler Lockett returns next week. Yeah. Then it's going to depend on what you. You know, this is such an interesting season, and this week is testing it for sure because you have two things to play. Obviously, you know that there's there's a lot of teams that may have dropped some quarterbacks if they needed some other moves to make. But this season, we've seen so many fantasy teams hoard quarterbacks. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have how many in your IDP league? Four. <laughs> Four. You know, so th- there are a lot of scenarios where you know you don't see so many teams in your league carrying two, and 
we haven't had the opportunity to stream as much. So I think if you get to next week and Gino's your guy, like, are you going to pivot to, you know, maybe Mike White? You know, that, right. That, no. Uh, I, I would consider it if he's healthy against the Seahawks. Absolutely. Um, you know, but there, there are options to, to, to maybe have. But for the most part, if Gino gets you there and you don't trust Mike White or, or, or Brock Purdy or, you know, whoever still might be available on the waiver wire, it's hard to get away from somebody like that. Yeah, it was, an, it was an interesting game. I mean, it was a boring as hell game, but I think the Jaguars really put it to the Jets. I mean, the Jets' defense, I don't think you looked at that game and said they were great. They just didn't give up any big plays. Everything was in front of them. No, nothing like nothing over the top. They gave up some a lot of yak, and they were good in the red zone. Um, it's it, it's also, though, the you're, you're looking at Lawrence has become a superstar. You know, he, he's, he's evolved in front of us the last month, and – he just looks so calm and comfortable. The only thing I thought that they did really stupidly was late in the game when they tried to have the the I don't know if it was a, a, a design roll to the left and and he avoided the pressure and then you know got killed on a throw that he shouldn't have made. Um, yeah, late in the game, you know when they're up big, there, there was yep. there was no way the Jets were coming back in that point. But you know just stupid. But in, in any event, like everything was just under under control. Yeah, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. He ran when he had to run. You know, the design runs were there and. I just think he's 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 different against that defense if it's perfect weather. I think he gets, you know, probably another passing touchdown and, and you have a big yeah. day for him. I think the star percentages, they're very, very uh, hard to to make of anything of them right now because, you know, most teams have been eliminated. But he was started in 42% of leagues, Trevor Lawrence. People definitely sat him because of the weather. Uh, Christian Kirk was started in 73%. Zay Jones in 42%, same as as Lawrence. Uh, and I, th- I think, you, well, certainly with Zay Jones, you made the right call. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to it here. Talk about the rest of the stuff, the news and the games and the schedule because it's a, it's a different kind of week for us. Sunday, you'll have a recap show on Sunday night. I'm not quite sure what time that will be. That's Christmas night, but we'll do something on Sunday night. We'll recap the su- Saturday and Sunday action. But uh, the live stream, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, it's usually on Sunday morning, will be on Saturday morning at 1130 a.m. Eastern. See you at youtube.com slash fantasy football today to answer your questions. CBS Sports HQ, usually on Sunday at 10 a.m., will be on Saturday at 10 a.m. The mailbag show is staying the same. We'll record it on uh, Friday afternoon. We'll publish it first thing in the morning on Saturday. I guess I could publish it Friday afternoon. Publish it Friday. Um, all right, I'll probably publish it Friday. Uh, and we're going to get a diehard review from Dan Schneier, who saw it for I the can't first time. That. I'm actually very excited for that. He has a strong and wrong take about almost everything, so we'll see what he <laughs> says about diehard, which he saw for the first time a few days ago. Uh, news and notes. Okay. Um, Belichick did not commit to Mac Jones starting. So mm. Bailey Zappi in, you know, if you're desperate, in Superflex. What song was that supposed to because be? Because I'm happy. You know. uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill has been ruled out. Nick Foles starting. We know that. All right, running back. Ken Walker is going to play. You guys struggling with this one? We talked about the game yesterday, but uh, Ken Walker at the Chiefs. Dave, what do you think? What's your level of confidence? I think you start him as a middle to low end number two running back. Because he's he should get the workload that you like. He just hasn't been the same since he got hurt. Clearly playing through something. The offensive line isn't helping him out either. They played one game when he got hurt. Since he got hurt. No, no, no. Didn't he get no. hurt like three or four games ago? Yeah, I think so. Well, he got hurt. He missed the game, and then he played last week. 
I thought he was playing through yeah. something. Maybe I'm, is that Yeah, but I mean, he played a really tough defense, and I thought he actually did okay. No, I just when, mean, but earlier, like, like like a month ago, didn't he tweak something? Yeah, or, yes. He and did. he's been not quite the same since. No. Or is that someone else I'm thinking? Is it? Okay. I don't remember. I mean, he hurt the ankle. He sat out a game. Travis Homer and the disaster that, that game. That we, yeah, that we remember. Uh, and he came back against San Francisco the following week. He had a big 32-yard catch. He looked fine on that one. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't know. Maybe David and I might. His numbers from like his first three or four games are way better. Oh, he definitely was not producing at the same level, but it's not because injured. I think it might be. Oh, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, D- uh, Dobbins or uh, Ken Walker? Dobbins. Dobbins. I have a tough call in, in a non-PPR league between McKinnon and Walker. I'm struggling with that one. Oh, a non-PPR? I don't think it shouldn't be a struggle at all. should be McKinnon all the way. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't score and catches don't count. It's a little tough. I, the confidence you guys have in McKinnon blows my mind. Just, it's more like the lack of confidence we have in Pacheco. In, in PPR, I have no problem with McKinnon. In non-PPR, it's a little concerning. Okay, other running back news. It's a difference of like, what, five, six points maybe? Maybe more. <laughs> That's quite a bit. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Chubb is going to play? You know, I was thinking, though, um, if this game is uh, the, the Browns-Saints game is probably the worst weather. And what do you guys think about Kareem Hunt as a sleeper? Obviously, Chubb, you're going to love. But could they just be running the ball so much and throwing short so much that that you get maybe the most touches in weeks for Kareem Hunt? Did you guys move him up at all? Where do you have him? Uh, I haven't yet, but that's certainly a good theory. You know, I I think you could see, especially since he's not 100% Nick Chubb, you know, maybe you get, you know, 12 carries for for Kareem Hunt. You know, we could see uh, a Ravens-ish game plan. Right. Right. I mean, how desperate are you for a running back this week? I think it, that's what it comes down to. Hard to have confidence in him to have a dozen touches when he hasn't had that many in six straight games. Yeah. Okay. So, and so they're, they might use him for as many as eight carries. If the weather is truly bad, if the wind is just impossible to deal with, but uh, the only, you're, you're starting him and you're hoping for a touchdown. We can say that about a lot of running backs this week. He would be low on my list of, touchdown needy running backs that you would start in fantasy. Okay. I did see a story because I was looking just for something on, on Kareem Hunt that uh, this may be his final game in Cleveland playing at home. Not, not that that really matters, I think, to them, but to him, I think it does. So, you know, who knows what he said to his you know position coach or whatever. Dude, he might um, be ready for that. He might be excited about that. No, but I mean, you know, he's, he's an Ohio guy, so, you know, they, they may give him an opportunity for a few more touches. He asked for right. a trade out of there Let, earlier. Well, let's, uh, that's enough about Kareem Hunt here. So, um, yeah, this is why you got to watch the uh, HQ and the live stream that we do on YouTube on Saturday morning. We'll update you on the weather. AJ Dillon's good to go. Khalil Herbert's going to play. Do we know about Jeff Wilson? He's got a Sunday game. Uh, so we'll find out today. Yeah. Limited practice both days. So, yeah. Probably not the best scenario for Raheem Mostert if Wilson does play. Chase Edmonds is going to play, um, and Latavius Murray mispracticed, but he's expected to play at wide well, receiver. Murray, just, just one note on Murray: they, they kept him out. Nathaniel Hack talked about this of practice mm-hmm. because they practiced indoors, and they're playing on turf. And he said he didn't want to have more more op- more opportunities to play on turf and maybe further aggravate the injury. He's fine. Okay, at wide receiver, Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave are out. So does that have a big impact? Does it help Juwan Johnson? Does it help Kamara? What do you think? 
Uh, you want to know my FanDuel, my DraftKings quarterback this week? Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill. <laughs> okay. It's that's, clever. It's a shot in the dark, but I understand. No, that. I actually like it I a lot. I think he's going to play probably a little bit more than, than expected. Yep. I mean, they're certainly not going to try and throw without a lot of Landry on the field. You know, so Rashid Shahid takes a uh, what could have been a, a, a nice step forward. I mean, do they have yeah, 15 pass attempts this game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm stashing Shahid in my deeper leagues just in case the injury lingers for Olave. He's looked good, man. He's fast. He can catch those downfield throws. Don't want to use him this week. And we've seen Taysom play at least 40% of the snaps. I think it's five straight games now. So upping his workload really wouldn't take that much. It wouldn't be that big of a deal for the Saints. Perfect scenario for it against the Browns. What else I got here? Miko Hardman unlikely to play this week. So that was a bit of a surprise. Brandon, Brandon Cooks is going to play. Chris Moore looks like he's going to play. See about Julio Jones. That's about it. Oh, Cortland Sutton was limited. We're still waiting to find out. They have a Sunday game, so we'll wait to find out the Friday, Friday practice report on Cortland Sutton. Tight end, Dallas Goddard, good to go. I think Noah Finch is fine. And mm, I don't know if he's oh, fine. No. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's has he one of between Walker? I think Fant did practice on Thursday, so I enlisted as questionable. I think he'll be playing at less than one hundred percent if he's in the game. Okay, and Hayden Hurst has been practicing, hoping to play. All right, that's that's about it. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, one question for each game. We'll start with the Eagles and Cowboys. Can you trust all of the running backs in this game? Well, the three big ones. We'll talk about it right after this on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for one question for each game. The segment needs a theme song. I will work on it. Philadelphia, Dallas, Dave, rank the running backs. The running back rankings are Sanders, Pollard, Elliott. Sanders. Wow. Um, Jamie, what do you think? What, is your, what are your running back rankings? Pollard, Elliott, Sanders. Oh, very different. But all startable. Dave, why Sanders, number one? Why so much confidence? Well, he doesn't have a quarterback stealing goal line carries from him like he has for the first 13 games of the season. And they've talked about getting him more involved. They can take pressure off of Minshew by running the ball. I don't think the Cowboys' run defense is so dominant that they won't be able to run it on them. And uh, I, I think Sanders will be better. In full PPR, you could talk me into Pollard over Sanders. They're close. But I think Sanders sees a large majority. I think he gets going. I think he scores. You didn't mention what he did with Minshew last year, did you? I did not. 
I think he had something like 22 carries and three catches. At least 20 carries, three catches. Yeah, I expect him to have a couple of catches. Uh, Carolina and Detroit. Jamie, how many Lions do you trust? Hello? Uh, Oh, maybe that's the same. (laughs) Just St. Brown? Yeah. Yeah, outdoors, cold. I'd still start Swift. I would still consider Williams a flex in non-PPR. And Chark is still... Number three receiver in non-PPR. Giants and Vikings. Dave, are you feeling it? (laughs) I'm feeling it as a high-end flex. Could be a high-scoring game. And I, it's crazy. He was the first 52 plays for the Vikings last week. He had zero targets. And then he got going late. They ran a really nice pick play to get him open for a touchdown late against uh, Indianapolis last Saturday. And I just think that he's... Still going to be an interesting part of the offense, not a huge part of the offense. And if you're looking for 13 PPR points, I think he gets you there. All right. Would you start Thielen or Slayton in that game? Thielen in PPR. Jamie, how about you? Thielen or Slayton? Uh, Slayton for me. Uh, I got an interesting Slayton stat. Uh, basically, just about Schneier's been talking about this, how the Giants have changed their offense. I wonder if Osborne's actually better than Thielen at this point. He has been playing more. He's actually a good streaming option if you're hurt at wide receiver. He's been playing in the slot a lot more. If they continue to use three receiver sets like they have been, then he's absolutely an option you can pick up and start. Find out more about Darius Slayton and his route depth later on in the show. Washington's at San Francisco. Dave, Terry McLaurin or Brandon Ayuk? McLaurin. Jahan Dotson or Brandon Ayuk? I, I think I want to say Dotson. I'm excited about Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I was watching his uh, his targets from the last two games. He is very talented, very fast, he's, and yes. versatile. He's not just a deep threat. Yes. Uh, it's something yeah. like six of his past nine targets have been inside of 15 yards. Oh. Something like know. that. It's real close to that type of number. But at he the was same great time, before the bye and great after the bye. I mean, we have seen the 49ers just humiliate some teams uh, I think it's no more than 17 mm-hmm. points to any team in seven straight games. You know, I, the, you guys, based on your rankings, have a lot of confidence in Terry McLaurin. That might be the only commander you have confidence in. But, you know, how nervous are you about that, uh, Jamie McLaurin, just against the Niners, knowing what they can do? I think they'll be chasing points, so I don't think it's a bad situation to buy into somebody who's going to get a lot of targets. The one concern I think would be is if, and you sort of alluded to this earlier this week, I think it was you, that... Um, the commanders make bench Taylor Heineke at some point um, for Carson Wentz now that he's healthy. Don't think I said that, but it certainly may happen. Maybe it was Radham Razor. <laughs> uh, oh, I know. I'm sorry. It was Pete. It was Pete on HQ. I thought it was you on HQ. Um, we look alike. Yeah, that that there's some talk that Wentz may play. Uh, Charvarius Ward is a big injury to keep an eye on. Actually, I should have mentioned that. He's in the concussion yes. protocol. You saw the way he shut down DK Metcalf last week, starting cornerback for the 49ers. He's not always shadowing guys, but he could shadow McLaurin, and he is questionable. He's trying to work his way through the concussion protocol. Uh, how about Tampa Bay at Arizona? Dave, who's the best running back in this game? I'll still say James Conner based on workload. He's not sharing it. What should be close to 55-45 with somebody else. It's just an. Uh, it, I expect it to be an ugly offense with Trace McSorley under center. See, this is why the NFC home games, this slate of games, is 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 uh, you know fun but tricky, right? It's like James Conner. He's been very good. He plays all the time. You want to buy into him, but my goodness, how bad could they be 
with McSorley. How much would that affect Connor? Um, then the next game we're going to talk about, Denver at the Rams. You know, there are some appealing options here, but do you really want to trust anyone on these two pathetic offenses? Uh, Jamie, I'll throw that question to you. Jerry, Judy, or Christian Watson is a question I had. And Latavius Murray or Cam Akers, two questions for that game. I would go with Judy over Watson, even if Sutton plays. And I would go with um, Murray over Akers, even if uh, Chase Edmonds is activated. So you guys are cool with Jerry Judy if, if Sutton plays. It would move him, likely move him back into the slot. He's been playing a lot on the outside the last couple of games, and he's been great. Um, I don't know if that matters to you. And, you know, the Rams, still pretty respectable pass defense. But anyway, uh, you guys are good with Judy if Sutton plays? I don't know if they would necessarily move him back in the slot because they're still so beat up. Kendall Hinton's not going to play. So, you know, we may not see uh, a very healthy receiving core there for the for the Broncos. And my guess would be is it takes the likelihood of Jalen Ramsey shadowing him away if he's moved around and Sutton's on the field. So, I, I mean, look, he goes from right now he's number one receiver for me. He'll go back to wow. being a number two receiver but still somebody that I would be fine. Like the one league I have, I'm not benching. I think it's closer and non PPR between Judy and Sutton and uh, not Sutton Watson. Yeah. yeah. Watson has more upside than Judy in non PPR. Last... I don't think it's a question in full PPR. Uh, the last game that I have for today is Buffalo Chicago, but you could argue this is one that we should talk a lot about. And usually I save the boring ones for the end, the easy ones. So, Dave, is this an easy game in terms of starts and sits in Buffalo-Chicago? I don't think it's a slam dunk, but the guys that have been mortal locks in fantasy lineups aren't going to get taken out now. You're not going to sit Diggs. You're not going to sit Josh Allen. And I, I, I don't think you'll sit Fields. It really depends on who else you have with him. For example, I would start Geno over Justin Fields. I'm not sure if I have it ranked Cousins over Fields. I'll think about that one. Um, Montgomery should be a must start, but almost everybody else, when we're talking about Gabe Davis, Cole Komet, Dawson Knox, those are guys that you can certainly make a decision on, and maybe you should make a decision going away from them. The running backs, though, how do you feel about Montgomery and Singletary? Singletary, I think, is in the same boat as he's been all year. He's he's solid if you need a guy, but you view him more as someone who will produce like a number three running back. Could have had a touchdown late last week, but he did what his coaches told him to do and slide just short of the end zone. Montgomery, I think, is it's still going to be in line for around 15 touches, if not 15 carries, even with Khalil Herbert back. The big worry I've got with Montgomery is that the offensive line in Chicago, which already wasn't great, is down two more starters for this game. So that, that could hurt him a little bit, but I'm still going to start him. He's still going to get work. He's still the number two fantasy runner. I wonder if we wake up on Saturday morning and this is this game is just... Miserable conditions, which right. you know is very yep. possible. If if Devin Singletary gets a boost, you know, it could, and he might be. But the winds are expected to be very strong. Soldier Field is right on Lake Michigan, so it, it's going to be very breezy. Winds at twenty two miles an hour. Uh, no snow, um, no rain. It's going to be wind. That's going to be a problem for deep passing, more so for Chicago than for Buffalo, because Josh Allen does have a strong arm. They should rename it Lake Illinois, Lake Michigan. Wait, I got to do my bit. The Bears, Lake Chicago, it should be. Lake I think Chicago. they got to call it Lake Dicka. Lake Dicka, that's what it should have been, absolutely. All right, let's break down the games in more depth, starting with Philadelphia at Dallas. 
Uh, all right. Stat of the game number one is a little uh, convoluted, basically. The Eagles, we know, much, oh, that's much new for you. Yeah. Much better with Jordan Davis on the field against the run. Much better. 3.46 yards per carry compared to 4.71 when he's off the field to running backs. I mean, that is unbelievable. But he hasn't been playing that much the last two games since he's come back, thanks to David Montgomery. And uh, I just wonder this is obviously, Jamie, the toughest matchup. Uh, in this stretch for Pollard and Zeke. So ordinarily, they're getting 15 or more carries. They're scoring. They're incredible. You know, what do you project, I guess, in terms of a game script and the workloads for uh, for Dallas? 15 or more carries, they're scoring, and they're starting in your fantasy leagues. I mean, they're not going away from what they do. With, with You think they'll be able to run with success against the Eagles? Yes. Yeah. I don't think anybody stops their run game. Okay. Um, that brings us to uh, stat of the game number two. Dave, there have been 13 wide receivers with seven or more targets against the Cowboys. Eight of them have scored 17.7 or more fantasy points, including four of the last five. The, That's the, important. They are struggling against the pass lately. They've allowed the sixth most completions of 20-plus air yards since week 10. That's Dallas. So when you look at the Eagles wide receivers and their passing game in general, what is your level of confidence? It's high, and it, that's even with Jalen Hurts. A on double the game of the week, yeah. <laughs> the Eagles and the Cowboys. Two games of the week, yeah. It's a week 16 double dip. <laughs> All right. I was worried that you'd kill the bed if you did it twice in a week, but I don't think you did. No, I don't think good. so. We had to get Dave, right? We had to get Dave. I appreciate it. I knew the way that every time he was answering your questions, he was off guard today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was definitely in rhythm. Okay. Um, all right, Dave, sorry. Wait, I didn't hear a word you said. What did you, you think about the, <laughs> the, the Eagles passing game? <laughs> Dallas has a problem at cornerback opposite Trayvon Diggs. They don't even – they're not saying who's starting, but whoever it is, it's going to be a liability. And I'm cool with Minshew throwing to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I don't think he'll embarrass himself. I think the offensive line is a big reason why. That's a good offensive line protecting Gardner Minshew. And I think there's room for both wide receivers to have a good game. Brown is a must. And Devontae Smith, even with Dallas Goddard back, I think Files is a number two wide receiver this week. A little bit because of all the receivers that just have lower expectations because of weather, because of matchups, other issues. Uh, I think that's where he comes out is as a number two wide receiver. Well, I am in three semifinals and I am starting Gardner Minshew in all of them. <laughs> Can you believe Including that? against Heath. Yes. In the um, league where he's trying to go undefeated. Yep. So I have a lot of, a lot at stake here with this Eagles passing game. And this is going to be, this is going to be an interesting game. I, I wonder how many people in the audience are going to root for you to beat Heath. And I wonder how many people in the audience are going to root for Heath to beat you, but Heath is going to be conflicted if Minshew has a big game. I know, I know. No, he's not. And he has Dak. <laughs> so, um, oh, he's got Dak too. Yeah. Wow, this really is the game of the week. Yeah. So, who do you guys like better, actually, Dak or Minshew? Right now, oh, Dak, but I've gone back and forth with them. Uh, yeah, I have too. It's close between the two of them, but I'll take Dak. They're both ahead of Golf, right? Oh God, yes. Yeah. Both ahead of Rogers. Mm -hmm. uh, behind, both we're ahead of Lawrence. Yeah, good. Uh, behind uh, Tua, behind Gino, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. We like the running backs. CD Lamb, yes. How about the tight ends? 
two teams that are very good against tight ends. Who do you prefer, Jamie? Uh, all right, well, all right, Dave, go ahead. I'll throw it to you. What you you disagree? Leighton Vander Esch has been one of the reasons why oh. the Cowboys have erased tight ends. He is not going to play in this game. As soon as he went out in the first quarter last week against Jacksonville, Evan Ingram started to go off, and he had a really good game. I think Dallas Goddard, first game back, he's coming back from a shoulder injury, not a knee injury. He should be able to move well. We've seen Gardner Minshew lean on him before. We've seen him throw short before. I think he's the perfect type of target to help support a downfield passing game. If the plays aren't there on long throws, Minshew can check down or hit Dallas Goddard on out routes. Hertz was doing that as well. I've got him as a top three tight end this week. I love Dallas Goddard, and I'm starting him across the board. Jamie, how do you feel about Dalton Schultz, who's been under six points in three of his last five games, I believe? He's in that uh, lower tier number one tight end. You know, there's still always the potential for him to play well. Uh, I still think he's the preferred option. They've been using multiple tight ends, and Dak has been leaning on different guys. That's kind of been a problem. But I think, you know, this type of game, if he got you to this point, I'm not – I'm not picking up Jordan Akins, for example, to start over Dalton Schultz. Sure. What about Taysom Hill? What about Dawson Knox? Yeah, what about your boy Taysom Hill? Uh, I would start Knox over him. I might. would would start Taysom Hill over Dalton Schultz in non-PPR. I'm not there yet, but it's close. I'm hoping this game gets gets high scoring and you get a lot of pass attempts here because if you get pass attempts from Dak, you'll get targets for for Hill. um, Or, sorry, for Schultz, who... Gets an end zone target almost every week. Was wide open in the end zone last week at Jacksonville. And Dak threw to Noah Brown instead. And Dak threw a touchdown to a different tight end later in the game. So the touchdown probability is is higher for Schultz than it is for other tight ends. But, you know, just to, just to finish things off here. Because, all right, Dak and Minshew are low-end starters. Start the running backs. Lamb, A.J. Brown are, are must-start. I mean, is Lamb a must-start guy, by the way? Because he's usually around seven 100%. targets. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Okay, the last thing here is if you like Dallas Goddard, you know, let's keep in mind, Devontae Smith, I believe he was wide receiver 35 per game before the Goddard injury. So how does that play out, Jamie? I mean, is I feel like Minshew's going to have to be a top five quarterback if all three of them are going to be good. Well, I mean, somebody's going to get left out, you know, so it's just a matter of, you know, Goddard can have three for 18 and a touchdown and Devontae Smith could have seven for 80. You know, and and they both still find a way to be productive in their respective positions. So it doesn't necessarily mean that Minshew has that high of a uh, or that that strong of a performance. But I think you're just you're you're looking at it the, the way I always, I always approach it when a non-mobile quarterback replaces a mobile quarterback that there should be a few more target opportunities because those design runs are not going to be there. And so in a game that's expected to be high scoring where you don't have weather concerns and Devontae Smith has been playing the way that he's been playing, and you have the potential what Dallas Goddard can do, especially with Van Der Esch not being there. It's hard to get away from all of these guys. So, yes, Devontae Smith is probably the most likely candidate to be disappointing if Dallas Goddard is Dallas Goddard. But if Goddard is not Goddard, then Devontae Smith should be fine. So unless you have both of them, you're probably starting them on your respective teams. And you could certainly make a case that Devontae Smith could be better than A.J. Brown. He's been getting more targets than A.J. Brown in a lot of games lately. And Trayvon Diggs could be on A.J. Brown more than Smith. So, yeah, yeah, we have no started. idea what Minshew's going to do because Minshew, you know, he's he's never played with AJ Brown in uh, in, in a game, a full game. Um, you know, he's he's had two two opportunities to play with, well, really one opportunity to play with Goddard and Smith because week eighteen they didn't play against Dallas at least the majority of the game. So it's 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 a wild card. It's it's totally wild card. I mean, we can see Quez Watkins be the guy that he leans on the most, you know, because that's yeah. maybe the guy he's thrown to the most. Are you trying to avoid the DSTs? 
Yeah. Okay. All right, let's go to Detroit at Carolina. And stat of the game, the Panthers have allowed 37 completions of 20 or more yards. That is the 10th fewest in football. 14 completions of 20-plus air yards. That is the 7th fewest in football. They've been a little worse lately, but still pretty good. And I bring this stat up because I think it's a DJ Chark stat and maybe a Jared Goff stat. Um, We didn't like Chark last week because the Jets were absolutely elite at eliminating the deep ball. The Panthers are not quite there, but they're still good. So, uh, Jamie, what do you think about the uh, Detroit passing game in this one? I'm going to buy into golf still struggling outdoors. You know, prior to the Brock Wright 51-yard touchdown, he was at 201 passing yards and no touchdowns last week against the Jets. So, you know, he, he saved himself with his second-best game away from – or tied his best game away from Detroit in terms of his fantasy points. So I, I think you just kind of go back to where he's been. You know, there's enough of a track record for the season to say, okay, he's an easy guy to, to get away from, even though it's, it's probably um, not the worst matchup, certainly by comparison to last week. Uh, so I think Chark, you know, will be better. Uh, it's it's an easier matchup, easier situation for him. And I think you just look at him as a number three receiver. You know, he, he wasn't exactly dominating targets. You know, 13 targets in the two games where he was great, uh, where he had, you know, over 90 yards receiving against Jacksonville and then Minnesota. And so, you know, he's not like it's it's a 10-target-plus guy, like what Zay Jones was doing, you know, so he would buy into mm-hmm. that a little bit more because of the opportunities. But Amara St. Brown is just too easy to, to start. Um, should continue to be the the guy for Jared Goff and number one receiver in PPR, probably number one in non-PPR as well, but, you know, must-start guy. Okay, so the running the Detroit running backs drive you, drive you crazy, you know? Um, you get a pretty good amount of catches from DeAndre Swift, and um, the Panthers are actually pretty good against pass-catching running backs, six-fewest receiving yards per game. But you like Swift better, and... How much? I mean, Dave. Let's say DeAndre Swift or um, Latavius Murray, Cam Akers in that game. Swift is definitely behind Latavius Murray. He is one spot ahead of Akers in full PPR. Okay, and that's where. Like, what range are we talking here? Flex number three running back, top thirty guys, and both Swift and Akers ahead of Jamal Williams. Yeah, we're really seeing the downside of Jamal Williams lately. You know, three, he's he points. is a touchdown or bust running back who's averaging two point four yards per carry in his past two games, and he's had twenty nine carries in those games. And you mentioned Swift, and you mentioned Williams. There's a third man, and it's Justin Jackson. He's been getting right around the same amount of work as Jamal Williams. Very frustrating um, to start any Lions running back. They're all flexes at best. Would you start Amari Cooper or DeAndre Swift? Swift. I think I'd start Swift if the weather in Cleveland is just absolutely atrocious. Would you start Devontae Smith or DeAndre Swift? And then say it 10 times fast. Devontae Smith over DeAndre Swift. (laughs) Okay. One is fine. All right. Amandre St. Brown is is the wide receiver to start. Um, no tight ends in this game, which is a shame because the Lions are such a layup for tight ends. Like, Uzama! Sorry to steal that from Dave. No, uh, no, no. I will share Uzama with all. From a personal standpoint, I'm glad that I have a league where I'm not going to advance in the Scott Fishbowl. I mean, I'm glad to be in the semis, but I'm not going to make it to the finals. So I get to no, just... That's well, that's not going to happen. Positive thinking that you need. Jalen Hurts. I get to sit back and just say, I'm going to start Sam Darnold. Because I want to have a league where I start Sam Darnold, you know? I mean, He's a great DFS quarterback. 
right? right? Yes, I mean, he is. The, you know, he hasn't been throwing much. He's been throwing tw- 19 to 24 times. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a lot more than that because you cannot run on the Lions anymore. They've had one of the best run defenses in football since their bye, and the Lions give up the most fantasy points to the quarterback. So is there a redraft scenario where you'd be starting Sam Darnold? Would you start him over, say, Russell Wilson? No. You can certainly make a case for it. I wouldn't do it, but you could absolutely make a case for it. You know, it's just a matter of, A, we haven't seen it yet, and B, you know, teams can still be stubborn. So despite the fact that they can't right. run on Detroit, they'll still try and run on Detroit. And so, you know, they'll they'll have a couple of drives where they get some first downs, but then they'll they'll still stick with it because they still think that's the right way to approach it because probably they don't trust uh, Sam Darnold. But, you know, if if and that, the other part of this is I don't think the Lions are going to blow out the Panthers to the point where, you know, they're chasing two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Could happen, but I just don't see it because I don't think the Detroit offense on the road is the same Detroit offense. So uh, Darnold is is, you know, Comparing him to Russell Wilson isn't really much of a stretch because Russell Wilson's been terrible. Um, but he's in that, you, you know, crappy quarterback range, you know, the behind the guys like, you know, Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy and and, and those quarterbacks, not to the level, I think, of uh, Minshew by far. What do you do with him and Derek Carr? I would, I would play Darnold over Carr. I would too. Okay. I've got him higher than Carr. I've got him higher than Huntley, Heineke, Deshaun Watson because of the weather. One of my favorite stats from last week, the Lions. Everybody watched the Jets game last night, right? You remember remember the Jets and Zach Wilson? The Lions gave up seven completions of 20 or more yards to the New York Jets last week. It is really unbelievable. They are 6-1 and one in their last seven games, and their run defense, I mean, in those seven games, they've given up five carries, five running back carries of 10 or more yards and zero of 20 or more yards. So, you, you know, you can't start running backs against them. But... Their pass defense is still terrible, and yet they're six and one. It's it's incredible. Um, so that brings us to DJ Moore. Right, we're going to sit the Carolina running backs, right? Yes. Yeah. If you've got to start one, I think it's Chuba. If you got to start one, good luck. But you know what else? They, they give up the fewest receiving yards per game. The running backs also. Right. It's crazy. Uh, so let's talk about DJ Moore. They, they, in in that eight game stretch, it's been one running back to get ten PPR points. That's it. Exactly to get 10. ten or to get over ten. One has gotten 210. No one has gotten overtime. Right. Yeah. Who was it? Guess. I can't figure it out. 10 games against the Lions. Seven games against the Lions. It was Dalvin Cook. No, uh, Jeff, Jeff Wilson. I don't know. I'm just letting you guess. Uh, it was Dalvin Cook. Oh, damn it. All right. DJ Moore. Jamie starter sit. Must start. Must start, of course. Oh man, you guys have. How about in the world 24. can you say that DJ Moore is a must start? Maybe because everything Adam he's got said. Amazing matchup. He's been yeah. good with Sam Darnold. He had back to a thirty-one percent target share last week. I think it's safe to assume that Darnold will throw more than twenty-four times. It might not be thirty times, but I think he'll throw more. I love the touchdown pass that Darnold threw. It was on a broken play. But he was it, was it was like a Josh Allen move. He's running out of bounds. He throws into a very tight window. DJ Moore's there to make the catch right on the pylon. That's the DJ Moore that I know and love. And if he continues to make plays like that, especially against a terrible Lions defense, he should come through. He's a number two wide receiver for me this week. Yeah, in this stretch for the Lions, there's the only quarterback that threw fewer than 34 passes was Justin Fields. Yeah, you know, and he's obviously a different. A different beast. So, um, 
you know, should get a lot of targets. All right, so then uh, must start DJ Moore. You say uh, Jerry Judy or DJ Moore? Judy. Uh, Judy without Sutton, Moore with Sutton. Ooh, I'll take Judy either way. How about DJ Moore or Devontae Smith? Uh, DJ Moore. I have Smith a little higher. DJ Moore or Terry McClure? McClure. Uh, McClure, but basically one spot. Okay. And sit the tight ends, as I mentioned. Okay, Giants are at the Vikings. You know, based on what the Giants have been giving up lately, what the Vikings score, typically, the Vikings should score 28 or more points. Their, their implied team total is 26 points. They should have, they should score against the Giants. And that's a big deal because it means, you know, probably more pass attempts for Daniel Jones, more targets for Slayton, things like that. Um, Dave, what's your level of confidence in Jones? I know everyone's going to start Barkley, uh, but yep. Jones and Slayton in particular. Low for Jones. I just can't do it. I, I'm nervous about how effective he'll be throwing the football. You can't guarantee his rushing floor. It's a good rushing floor. He might get you 20 yards on the ground. I don't know how much of it he'll have to do. I I, I kind of like the matchup for the passing game in theory. I don't know how much they're going to do it because they can lean on Saquon. Can they? I think they can, and I think they will. You know what Jamie said about Jared Goff last week before the 51-yard touchdown to Brock Wright? Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about this, and everyone's just going to laugh at me. But before the final drive of the game, Saquon Barkley had 12 carries for 39 yards and a touchdown. And then on the final drive, he had six carries for 48 yards. He had more yards on that drive than he had the entire first three and a half quarters. It's true, but that's against a really good run defense. The Minnesota is a, is a problem. Is, as good, I mean, they're I think three point seven yards per carry to running backs. They're terrific run defense. I'm not believe me. I'm not telling anyone to sit Barkley. They I just, just gave up over a hundred yards to the combination of Zach Moss and Deion Jackson uh, on a ton of carries, though. Again, I, I don't. True. I don't think you don't think Barkley's getting thirty seven carries. <laughs> I think Barkley gets thirty seven catches. He's going to end up being used yeah, yeah. in the passing game more than we start. Start Barkley, definitely not getting away from that. But I, I don't think they're just going to be able to run the ball and not throw. Daniel Jones, I think, is actually a very difficult call because he does have that. I mean, he's not rushing that much, but he still has the ability to rush for 50 or more yards. Um, yep. so, I don't know. You're not that confident in him. Jamie, how about you? Daniel Jones? Uh, I don't mind Daniel Jones. Like I would start him over Aaron Rodgers, for example. I, I think there's a higher ceiling based on what we've seen from those two guys. And so looking at what this Vikings defense has been and really struggled against, it's been against quarterbacks. And so this could be an opportunity for Daniel Jones, especially the Vikings often shows up, which I think it will, um, you know, where he's chasing points. And so he's kind of, you know, been a little tough to figure out because some of his better games have been because of his rushing totals. So that's always a gamble. But I think this could be a game where he gets the second touchdown throwing or, or somehow, you know, whether he runs one in. And I think this is a good opportunity to buy into him. If, you know, so like we talked about this on Tuesday, if you couldn't get your hands on, there, there were three quarterbacks I think you should have been looking at, to whatever degree. Uh, Daniel Jones, if he was dropped, Gardner Minshew, and uh, Purdy. For me, it was Minshew, Jones, Purdy. And I think Jones is a, a, a good low entry. Like, I struggled last night ranking it. I kept it the way that – I kept it Lawrence over Jones, but I struggled with Jones over Lawrence because I think Jones could have an opportunity for, you know, 22, 23 points this week. What's his floor? 17. I feel like it's lower than that. Maybe if you adjust it for the matchup, 17's the floor. Yeah, he. you'd like to say, uh, oh, what has he done in good matchups? 
in my opinion, he's only had three this year, and maybe two. Uh, week one against the Titans, he scored 20 points. I don't know. I mean, that now that's a great matchup. I don't know if it was in week one. Uh, right, week, beat up now. You're right. Week, uh, I don't know, week six or something. At the Jaguars, 31 points with 107-1 rushing yards and a touchdown. Right, and then 26.6 against the Lions. He threw and for that was with multiple interceptions, which he hasn't yeah. really been turning the ball over. He has the lowest interception rate in the NFL, but he yeah. had 50 yards rushing and a touchdown in that game. So very successful in good matchups. That's why I, when I was doing the notes, I kept going back and forth. I like him. I don't like him. I like him. I don't like him. Ultimately, you guys have him around 15th, which makes sense. You know, I think 14th for Jamie, 17th for Dave. Uh, ahead of Derek Carr. I'm sorry. Jamie yeah. said ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Dave, how about you? Rodgers? I'm Jones? taking Rodgers all day long. Okay. Um, start Barkley. Okay, so here's what I wanted to tell you about Darius Slayton. Um, his route depth in three of his last four games, his average route depth, depth has been between 8.1 to 9.1 yards. Those were bad games for him. And before that, his route depth was almost 12 yards. So he's been between eight and nine down from 12. So basically, they're just, they've changed their offense. And I give Schneier credit for pointing this out. More shotgun, quicker throws, not throwing deep as much. And that's what Darius Slayton does. Maybe they go back to that in this game because the, the Vikings are just awful against the deep ball. But he's another guy. Couldn't figure out how I, how I felt about Slayton. So Dave, tell me how to feel about Slayton. I think he's at best a number three receiver. Certainly has upside because of his big playability. I've got him in the 30s. But I, I think that there's this this passing offense, they've kind of cultivated some options at wide receiver for Daniel Jones. It's it's one of the things that would make Jones a little bit more encouraging to me. Isaiah Hodgins has been playing a little bit better. Richie James, no doubt about it, has been playing a little bit better. And those guys are good short area targets. I'm surprised by that stat. Yeah, me too. I'd figure that with with Hodgins and James playing, that they would use Slayton as more of a downfield guy and a clear out guy. Uh, and also a guy that they throw a couple of bombs to. And maybe this is the week where they do that. But he's he's a significant risk. He's got single digit PPR floor. And obviously he can he can help you win your week, but he's risky. Last thing on that is in the last in those games where Slayton had the low route depth, faced three of the best pass rushes in football. The Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Commanders. They are top four in pressure rate. The Vikings are 16th. So perhaps things change. That it, would help them. Yep. It is the third best matchup in fantasy. The Vikings give up the third most fantasy points. So we're not telling you to avoid Slayton. He is a number three receiver behind DJ uh, Moore, for example. He's behind DJ Moore, but I've got him ahead of Brandon Ayuk. Deontay Johnson. I really like John Dotson this week, but I'm starting Slayton over him. I'm starting Slayton over Chark, uh, over Cooks, over the receivers in the Browns-Saints game. Okay. Um, and Sit Bellinger, Kirk Cousins. With all the crappy weather and questionable quarterbacks, we can just say start Kirk Cousins, right? 100%. Okay. Should be good. I'm still struggling eight. with Cousins versus Fields. I think the weather might be the tiebreaker there. Playing Buffalo might be a tiebreaker, too, for Fields. And the offensive line being bad. I think I just talked myself into Cousins over Fields. Since the Giants lost Xavier McKinney in Week 10, they have allowed the sixth most completions of 20 or more yards. They are giving up a lot of big plays. Yeah, and there is Jackson. a... There's and no a, Jackson, yep. Sorry to interrupt you. Garrett Bradbury, their center, was in a car accident earlier this week. 
that'll make the offensive line a little bit worse for Minnesota, but I don't think it's enough to make you steer clear of Cousins. Uh, Minnesota's easy. You start you start the big three. And, well, Hawkins, they're not that easy because Hawkinson, Thielen, Osborne, uh, Cook, Jefferson, and Cousins are easy, obviously. But, um, Jamie, how do we feel about the other guys? Thielen, I, Dave's not really feeling it. Uh, Hawkinson, well, Osborne. Oh, you are you are he's the number three. He's, he's I think right he's still, on the fence. I would start Slayton over Thielen. So just to go there, um, I, I think you look at what Thielen has been. He had the good game against Detroit, which I expected, and then fell back the last game, which is hard to say. That's you know necessarily a, a byproduct of one game to the next, but you're seeing KJ Osborne emerge. He's, you know the last two weeks have been fantastic for him, and so are we seeing the uh, passing of the torch? you know, from the younger player to the older, from the older player to the younger one. Um, there's just a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. So you know Justin Jefferson's going to get his, and it's just a matter of who will be the second guy. Hawkinson, based on his position, you're not getting away from him. Um, Thielen, number three receiver. Osborne, borderline number three receiver. If Osborne has another good game, you're never going to touch Adam Thielen next week. Yeah, and Haw- so Hawkinson's been pretty lousy lately. Um, well, I guess two weeks ago against Detroit, he was really good, but... Maybe he's a matchups guy, and this is just such a good matchup. I mean, they just can't cannot stop the pass. So well, have they been against tight ends? Twenty second. I mean, I, I think they're terrible against tight ends. But okay, I mean, I've got them with good eight ones. or fewer half PPR points to tight ends in six of their past eight. Is that stat off? No, that might be. But um, who they face? Logan Thomas twice. Jake Stahl. Schultz beat them up for two touchdowns. I mean, Jordan Aikens had 72 Hunter Henry yards. scored on them in week 12. Yeah. Nope, that's against the Vikings. My mistake. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not they a tough matchup. If they somebody who gets targets, they struggle. Yeah, they're not a bad matchup at all. Okay. Then, yeah. So, okay, then Hawkinson or Schultz? Hawkinson. I think I might have Schultz higher, but it's really close between the two. Gerald Everett. Wouldn't blame you for going Hawkinson. Gerald Everett. Oh, Hawkinson over Everett. Um, David Njoku. I'm done with Gerald Everett. Njoku. Uh, I think the weather makes a good tiebreaker to go with Hawkinson. Waller and Andrews or Hawkinson? I have Hawkinson higher. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that's a fun one on Saturday. Hopefully I'll have bragging rights on Thomas Schaefer when we see each other on Sunday. Or, you wow. Know, via, via podcast. Um. Okay, that's it. We're gonna take a break. That's not it for the games. We're just gonna take a quick break. When we come back, Washington. Did they win? No. If they win and two of the Lions, Commanders, and Seahawks lose, so they're not gonna clinch this week. Not gonna win. Uh, We'll be back on fantasy football today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like 
feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Washington, final playoff. You know, it's not fair. Washington, if the playoffs started today, Washington would be at Minnesota. And the Giants would be at San Francisco. That doesn't seem fair. But anyway, Washington's at San Francisco. Nobody wants to face the Niners. Um, right, Dave, break this game down. Two defenses that have been fantastic over the last two months. The Niners have not allowed more than 17 points in their last seven games. They are 7-0. and The Commanders have not allowed more than 21 points in their last nine games. I think they are 6-2-1 and in those games. So... Mm-hmm. Is this an avoid game? Like, what do you think other than some, you know, McCaffrey? Uh, you know, you've got one defense that's going up against Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Ayuk and a red hot Brock Purdy. And you've got another defense going up against Taylor Heineke and Brian Robinson and McLaurin and Dotson. I think it's a pretty big no brainer that the 49ers defense has been playing great. They're going to continue to play great. I have them as a top three DST, top two, actually. And the Commanders, I'm getting away from. I thought I'd carry the Commanders as my DST for most of the playoffs. I did. I made the switch to the Lions. I'd rather start the Lions defense against Carolina than the Commanders. And if I can get my hands on the Chargers, the Bengals, if someone dropped the Bucks, easily trading in the Commanders for one of those DSTs. And there's probably other DSTs that I would take a chance on over Washington as well. The only receivers that I feel okay about in this game are McLaurin and Dotson. Dotson much more as a number three receiver. Ayuk, you've got to worry about target volume not being there for him. I think the matchup is better against the commanders throwing it than running it, but you've seen enough from the 49ers over the past several weeks where they're just committed to their run game. Why shouldn't they be? They've got Christian McCaffrey. I would expect a nice dose of McCaffrey, a little bit of George Kittle again, and the 49ers probably kind of suffocate the commanders on the scoreboard. Could win this game like 21-6, something like that. I'm a little surprised at the confidence you guys have in George Kittle because he's been great against Arizona and Seattle. They are the two worst against tight ends. Washington is the best. They allow the fewest fantasy points to tight ends. It's also got to look who they played, though. Okay. It's a big part of it. Well, yeah. Um, who have they played? Let's see. So, you know, you look at the last. I'm looking at their game long right now. Mm-hmm. Daniel Bellinger twice. Dallas right. Goddard twice. He didn't have 30 yards in either game. No, I got hurt in that game, and he scored a touchdown. So, he, yeah, he got hurt in one. He actually got hurt in both games, but he left one game early. He scored a touchdown in both games, but he had fewer than 30 yards. Uh, yeah, well, he, I mean, he didn't finish the game. So. One of the games he didn't finish. The second one, yeah. That's the one he got hurt. No, the first one. The second one, I think he did finish, and then he went on IR. Oh, uh, well, okay. Well, I mean, that's when he hurt his shoulder. And left yeah, he hurt his shoulder. He came back after that. There's yeah. only one tight end that's had more than 40 yards. And that's but again, Hawkinson. look who they played. But that's still really good. And also, oh, they're very good. I agree. Also, Kittle. I mean, away from them. Kittle is but not. I, I don't. I don't look. I don't think Kittle's having a, a monster game. Obviously, I wish I would have ranked Evan Ingram over George Kittle. Um, but I think you're looking at that's the the security blanket right now for Brock Purdy. I think that's the easy spot for him to rely on. 
uh, because he's not going to make a lot of downfield throws. And so, yes, his big games have come against Seattle and Arizona. So he's taken advantage in a big way against those matchups. But I could see him, you know, 50, 60 yards and a touchdown in this game. Let's two things. Number one, I I thought it was great that Purdy was able to find Kittle once on a really clever play where he's looking to his left and looking to his right. And then he finds that's that's the Kyle Shanahan play. Right. So we've seen that before from Shanahan and it worked out. Purdy's got a track record of leaning on his tight end. I might have mentioned it before, certainly going into last week. I think I did at Iowa State. Charlie Kohler was his guy and something along the lines of 25 percent of his targets went to tight ends in his last three years at Ohio State. I really, I know the matchup's tough. I don't think it's going to be a deterrent from the 49ers doing what they want to do as far as involving Kittle in the offense. All right. I and just if want to say the reason they have a hard time running the ball, that's an awesome changeup that they can go to. I think they will try and get the ball. To he play. has had three, five, and five targets in three games with Brock Purdy. So he might be a big part of the offense, but he had five targets against Seattle. He turned it into four catches, 93 yards, and two touchdowns. His previous two oh, games with Purdy were share, terrible. Target share, though. Target share. <laughs> But still, the percentage is fantastic. Right, he's not throwing much. I, I I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm telling you to sit George Kittle. I I understand everyone's going to start George Kittle after last week, but one good game from George Kittle this year has not meant a follow up good game. You know, it's he's just been very hit or miss. He's just so right. boomer bust. It never means that for anybody, but certainly I understand your point with Kittle. Okay, uh, so Purdy, how about we talk about Brock Purdy here? And he's been 18 to 25 ish fantasy points in all three games. Uh, Purdy or Daniel Jones, guys? Don't feel safer with Purdy. Oh, wow. Um, Okay, Purdy or Russell Wilson? Uh, Purdy. I've got Purdy, Wilson, Daniel Jones. Wow. Jared Goff or Purdy? Goff's behind all three of those guys. Okay. So is Derek Carr. All right, he's around 15 in the rankings. Start McCaffrey, Sid Ayuk, start Kittle, McLaurin. You know, it's, I would sit here and, and, you know, just for argument's sake, make the case against McLaurin. But, God, wide receiver's awful this week, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's especially challenging once you get past, like, 20th, 23rd. It's hard to find guys that you can reliably count on. And so when you've got a wide receiver like McLaurin, who's made plenty of big plays this year. You tack on the fact that the commanders figured a trail in the game. They can't run the ball 30 times like they want to. McLaurin should get some opportunities to make some splash plays. So you take your chances on him. I just look at like the stat line the Seahawks guys gave you last week, and I think McLaurin can easily do that. Yeah, oh, yeah. about 13 PPR points. Yep. Tampa Bay is at Arizona. Oh, congratulations to Terry McLaurin. Got his first green zone target of the season last week. What's the green zone target? That's inside the 10-yard line. Everybody knows that. It is common football vernacular. Tampa Bay is at Arizona. And, oh, boy, I just want them to... I just want this game to not be a blowout because then then you can probably get excited about Tom Brady. Uh, so, Jamie, let's talk about... How does about that the, happen? What's that? How does that happen? How does that not be a blowout? Yeah. Tampa Bay sucks. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, not as bad as Arizona. Jamie, what do you think about Brady this week? I think he gets you 23 fantasy points. That would be good. They're seven and a half point favorites. Uh, Dave, what do you think about Brady this week? I think I, I might take the under on 23, but the over on 20. He's right in that range. Low end starter. So I think you guys probably have it different, but Minshew or Brady? 
right? I got Brady. Brady. I've got Brady one spot higher, and I'm I'm kind of thinking that Minshew should go over him. That's what I'm doing in the IDP league. Minshew. I don't blame you. I'm not yeah, yeah. make push right now. I mean, I I left it to my Twitter followers to decide, and they voted for Minshew. <laughs> he has a higher ceiling. Probably. Okay. And does he have a, how much lower is Minshew's floor to Brady's? I mean, Brady's floor has been pretty bad. Right. Um, so I, I think I'm going Minshew over Brady. I'm changing it right now. Wow. The Giants just signed someone pretty big. Odell Beckham? Michael Conforto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, their, that's their career. I don't know who that is. He's a former outfielder for the Mets. He's an outfielder formerly oh. of the Mets. Now he's on the San Facebook. Francisco Giants. Yeah. They made it, they made a trade. So, <laughs> so where's Conforto gonna go next, right? Because aren't giant aren't guys signing with the Giants? <laughs> yeah. Right. He'll go back to the Mets for, for eight eighty million dollars. Uh, anyway, um your stat of the game for this one for Tampa Bay, Arizona. The Cardinals have allowed 17 or more PPR fantasy points to a running back in eight of their last nine games. And a lot of it's been receiving totals. So, Dave, what does that mean to you when you look at Walker and Fournette? I think it's actually close between those two. I th- I'm not obviously like in the room when the Buccaneers coaches watch their game film, but I spent time watching what they did last week and Rashad white was making a few mistakes and he wasn't as trusted in the passing game. They basically rotated series throughout the entire game. And then when the bucks went into hurry up offense at the end of the game, it was all Leonard Fournette, none of Rashad white white didn't turn around on a short target from Brady. Brady looked pretty miffed. His pass protection isn't as good as Fournette's. I, I think they'll still mostly rotate series, but I wonder if there will be a little bit more of Fournette in high-value opportunities. And that's why I've got Fournette not just over Rashad White, but as a flex starter, maybe even a low-end number two fantasy running back. And it's just such a great matchup against the Cardinals. Uh, I think this is going to be one of Fournette's best games. I think White is more of a flex. This, is the, this was the first game, Week 15, since Rashad White in Germany when the, the playing time split and Fournette got hurt that he's played this few snaps. Mm, yeah. It was interesting. His role was, was definitely lower. He's been fumbling, you know, and that's, that's something, you know, mm-hmm. some of it's been, you know, they've recovered and it hasn't been, you know, killing them, but, and a couple of those have come in, you know, some, some bad, like last week, you know, getting blown out. It wouldn't have made a difference in the game, but I, I think that those things are starting to become a little bit of an issue and they are going to be a playoff team as bad as they've been. And so I think, you know, we're, they're, they're probably starting to ramp up the guys that they want to make sure are ramped right. up, which is why I think Brady could have a good game because I think this is a throw-to-score, run-to-win type of game for them. So I actually like Mike Evans this week. I think he'll actually play well. I think Chris Cobb clearly the must-start guy. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of uh, will a tight end step forward? You, you would hope it's Kate Otten, you know, if anybody's been starting him. So hard to trust. But I think um, Evans right now is sitting at 888 yards. And – Needs another 112 to get to nine straight seasons of a thousand yards. You saw the beginning of last week's game. You know they were really trying to get him going. I think that's just something that they need to happen again. I agree, and we 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 see it in Kansas City, where they're starting to lean back toward the veteran running back, the experienced running back, the running back that they've trusted in postseason games before. We could easily see Tampa Bay do the exact same thing with their running backs this week. So, how would you rank these two running backs with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams? Fournette, oh, oh. You're, you're talking about the Bucks running. Yeah, backs. yeah, yeah. It's a Bucks sandwich. Fournette, Swift, Jamal Williams, Rashad White, and James. And Conner. that's in PPR. James Connors ahead of all of them. All of them. Yeah. Okay. Would you start Fournette or Ken Walker? 
I've got Walker higher for now. Jamie, how about you? Fournette or Ken Walker? Uh, for Walker. How do, would you rank the wide receivers in this game? Godwin, Hopkins, Evans. Godwin's Hopkins, a little bit of a break for Evans, and then a gigantic Grand Canyon-sized gap yeah. for Marquise Brown. I mean, Arizona's still doing a pretty good job taking away number one receivers. Um, right? Yeah, like last right. week. So, yeah. so who are they taking yeah. away? Evans, I would say. It would be more their style because they, they give up the fewest deep completions in football. Everything's in front of them. And that's, I mean, Godwin should have... I'd be very excited yes. to start Godwin. Um, Eight catches. But they just don't give up big plays. So they give up the most. Yeah, I don't think Evans is having a, a big Mike Evans game, but I think you're going to get like something, something similar to what you got last week. Yeah, and uh, again, wide receivers just not good. They're, you don't have to worry about the elements here. So that's why we like him. Uh, it's the great matchup for tight ends. Can you trust Kate Otten? Trust? No. No. DFS play. Okay, McSorley is top five for you. Oh no, I'm sorry. That was that was you in our bizarro. That was Josh Allen, not Trace McSorley. Uh, you are McSorley mistaken. <laughs> he did throw. I watched the tape on McSorley, and it's it's even worse than the numbers. But he threw 15 passes. Three of them went to James Conner, so that's that's good, I guess. Um, I guess you have to start Conner. I don't know what else to say at this point. Bucks run defense has not been what it once was. Unfortunately, they are allowing the fewest, or maybe the second fewest, second fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. They're terrific there. I'm, I guess, correct me if I'm wrong. You just like you start Connor, but you got to be a little nervous about him, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then Hopkins is uh, top twenty for you guys, but not top twelve behind Chris Godwin, ahead of Mike Evans. Would you start DJ Moore or DeAndre Hopkins? Hopkins and not there yet, but it's close. It, yeah. How about, Hopkins in PPR is a lot easier to say than in non-PPR. How about T. Higgins or Hopkins? Higgins. I still have Hopkins higher in full PPR. How about uh, A.J. Brown? Brown. A.J. Brown. All right. Bucks DSD's top five. Denver's at the Rams. Stat of the game that I don't feel great about. A running back has scored 12.9 or more PPR fantasy points against the Rams in nine of their last 11 games. Mm. And Latavius Murray has scored double-digit PPR fantasy points in six of his last eight games. This is a very pro-Latavius Murray stat. I don't want to be very pro-Latavius Murray. Who wants to be that? (laughs) I'll tell you why you want to be that. Okay. He's the clear lead back for the Broncos. You just saw how terrible this Rams defense is without Aaron Donald on the field. That's why looking at long-term numbers with the Rams from the season doesn't do me any good. The past three games, it's over four yards per carry allowed to running backs. I, I think that there's definitely an opportunity here for the Broncos to kind of hide Russell Wilson again, not have him throw all over the place. Their defense should be able to really hold down the Rams offense. I think this could be a 20-carry game for Latavius Murray, and I think he can score. Does Chase Edmonds matter at all to you? Because the last time we no. saw Chase Edmonds, hold on. You can say no. Just let me tell you this. The last time we okay. saw Chase Edmonds, Melvin Gordon got the first carry. Chase Edmonds got the next two. And then he got hurt and went on IR. Uh, but you wonder if they want to see what they have in Chase Edmonds. They traded for him. Latavius Murray's not their future. At this point, I think Nathaniel Hackett's trying to just win games. 
And I think part of his formula for winning games, as kind of pathetic as this sounds, is leaning on the run game. And Latavius Murray is a big part of that. Okay. So I, I think we'll see Edmonds. I don't think there's any question about it. But you might see him more in those passing down situations, which Latavius wasn't necessarily playing in a lot of anyway. He actually has been. He's been decent on uh, on third down. Third down role in the last two games. Uh, Murray has played more snaps than Marlon Mack. But they're running a similar amount of routes. And even on third and fourth, four or longer, Murray's been playing more snaps than Marlon Mack. So they're kind of So those snaps might down. go away for Murray, but the Maybe. others will not. When also, this could come at the, the expense five, of Marlon Mack. I mean, no, let's, sure. let's yeah. be real. It's not like Mack's part of their future, too. So. Would you start Latavius Murray or the emerging A.J. Dillon? Dillon. I mean, I said this to you yesterday. That's the group that I'm struggling with right now. I would start Murray just because, you know, I, I think you're, you're seeing his guaranteed touches. But they both have interesting matchups. I think the thing that will sway it for me is if Murray has another limited or DMP on Friday, then I'll go Dillon over Murray. Okay, I know you guys like Jerry Judy quite a bit. If he if Sutton plays, Judy would end up where in your rankings? Uh, around eighteen or nineteen. Probably right around that range, maybe a little higher. And if Sutton plays, Sutton would be where in your rankings? Higher than Marquise Brown, thirty-six at best. All right, I think I'd say lower. Yeah. I might start KJ Osborne over him. You got to really respect the pass defense here for the Rams. You know, they first of all they're still playing really hard. And they haven't fallen apart without Aaron Donald. So, good for them. It's true. Against the pass, I would say so. Yeah, against the pass. Greg Dulcich is a sit. Fooled you last week against the Cardinals. Sit Baker Mayfield. <laughs> um, so, like, why is Latavius Murray ranked so much higher than Cam Akers? Because, the, by the way, the Broncos, it's a st- this is a myth if you think they have a good run defense. They don't. Uh, why is Murray so much ahead, so much further ahead of Akers? Um, I think he's just been a little slightly better, you know, so yeah. the, the, the thing that'll, that'll sway it and we don't know is, you know, he had three catches last week, acres, which is a season high first start with Baker, you know, so is that something that's, you know, by design or is that something that Baker did or, you know, however it all shakes out, but it, I mean, give Baker's credit. He's done a nice job. You know, I think he's mm-hmm. a very good flex play. Um, you know, he's found the end zone three times in the last four games. He's, you know, again, hundred total yards last week. He's run a lot better. I don't think they're getting, you know, uh, the Broncos offense is going to, you know, sprint ahead of the Rams. So, yeah, Akers is fine. Akers will get good opportunities. In their past six games, the Broncos have allowed four yards per carry, one rushing touchdown to running backs. They've been worse against the pass uh, in that regard. A lot of that is Jarek McKinnon exploding in week 14. I don't think Cam Akers is going to do that. I I, I think he'll be lucky to even have three catches again like he did last week. Yeah, they do keep running backs out of the end zone. That's one good thing about the Denver Broncos. They right. keep a so lot that's of one, players that's out of the end That's one lean that you can feel good about with Murray. All right, what about guys like uh, like uh, Adam Thielen and Darius Slayton versus Cam Akers? Uh, Non-PPR, it's easy to go with Akers. And half full? The other guys. I would guys. everything but full. I would take Akers. All right, and that's the only Ram we're starting, right? No Higby? Not unless you're desperate. Uh, no, Higby, no. Denver is a top five DST. Yes. So our last game is Buffalo-Chicago. Start Josh Allen. Dave, it seems like you're a little uh, uncertain about where to rank Justin Fields. You guys both have him mm-hmm. sixth, and Heath has him seventh. 
No, he's down to seven for me, but that's where he's going to stay. Okay. Top 10 fantasy quarterback. Yes, there's a wind issue that's expected. No, I don't think that's going to impact his ability to run with the football. Definitely like Dawson Knox over Cole Komet. Definitely. The offensive line concerns bother me more than the weather for the Bears. Yeah, both of those things are factors. Um, Knox has been basically the number two receiver for Buffalo the last two weeks. We don't have to. I don't even have to ask you about Gabe Davis, do I? Sit. <laughs> Boom bust flex at best. Okay, so then that uh, that brings us to the running backs. I you said you're starting James Conner, but a little nervous. Do you feel the same way about David Montgomery? Not really. Just good with him. Yep. Okay. It, yeah. You know, because Khalil Herbert's coming back, so I don't know. How much that matters to you? There's a lot of there's a lot of bad things happening here. Khalil Herbert's coming back. We don't know how much he's going to play. Is he going to slide right back into being forty percent of the snaps, or is he going to be kind of babied a little bit and as he works his way back? We don't know. The offensive line: Tevin Jenkins is out. Cody Whitehair is out. Those are problems for the Bears, especially against this Buffalo D line. They're very good. I don't think the wind is necessarily going to impact the types of targets that David Montgomery is going to get from Justin Fields. But he's been benefiting from playing with Justin Fields. He's been doing a good job running the ball and getting opportunities, and I still think he's going to get those opportunities. I've got him as a top 15 running back this week. All right. If uh, you want a little more confidence in David Montgomery, in their last eight games, the Bills have allowed 12 or more PPR fantasy points to seven running backs in those eight games, 15 or more PPR fantasy points to five running backs in those eight games. And Montgomery's been pretty involved in the passing game lately, as everyone else has dropped like a fly for uh, that just for Justin Fields' options. And that's basically it. We're gonna sit the wide receivers. Cole Komet's outside the top twelve, although Heath has him tenth in full PPR. And then start the Bills DST, and we'll check on the weather, and we'll give you an update in the morning on Saturday. So join us for that. Uh, I guess one last thing: Devin Singletary. How does he compare to Latavius Murray and Cam Akers? Uh, he is ahead of them. I've got him behind Murray ahead of Akers. I'm sorry, behind Murray ahead of Akers. Okay. All right, guys. See, that game we didn't need that much time on. No, I guess it didn't. I I do wonder (laughs) what's going to happen if it's just an absolute, you know. Maelstrom. Yeah, if it's right, if it's terrible weather, people are going to try to get I away from Allen Chicago and Fields. I think Chicago a chance to win. What about Allen right. and Fields? Are they? Is there a scenario where you're going to sit them for you know a guy like Tua or Geno Smith or some? Or no, Kirk they Cousins? still run. That's the thing. The weather's not going to impact that. Might help them. That that'll help Josh Allen. I don't know if, if the winds have to be like 25 miles an hour for Diggs to be just unstartable. But I've got him low in my rankings, banking on the weather. But if 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 the wind ends up being an no big deal on Saturday, then he's moving right back up into the top five. All right. I have to ask you a question that we talked about on Tuesday night. It was a YouTube poll. Okay. What is your favorite ice cream truck treat? I've got to pick one. Yeah. You want me to give you the choices that Schaefer put up? Cause they were really bad. Chocolate choices. Taco. He didn't put that one up. He'd never heard of that. He what? put, he put push pops on there. That's going to be like 75th yeah. on the list. I think I'm a, I'm a Chipwich guy. You know the Chipwich? Chipwich. I like the Chipwich. I like it better when you can get it, the Chipwich, when it's been dunked in chocolate first. Yeah, that's probably good too, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
Choco Taco is a good choice. King Cone, right up there. Dave, all right, Choco King Taco for Dave. For me. King Cone. All right, you look like a King Cone guy. I look like I buy out the whole truck. Kind of guy. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. The Oreo ice cream bar is fire. Oreo, Oreo ice cream, cooking cream Isn't ice cream. Isn't there like a chocolate eclair thing? Chocolate eclair is great. There's, there's like a fudge middle. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. That one's good, chocolate too. chocolate and like crunchies or something on the outside. Yeah. Those are like kind of, kind of the good humor staples. Jamie, where is there an ice cream truck around here? <laughs> I got to go. All right, everybody. We'll see you later. Thanks a lot for watching and listening. Talk to you on the mailbag. Can't wait to hear Dan Schneier destroy Die Hard. Like, give a terrible take on Die Hard. We'll talk to you later.